This next story has been blowing my mind. An Indiana couple right now appealing to the Supreme Court after their son was removed by Child Protective Services because they refused to use his preferred pronouns. He was actually placed into a gender-affirming home instead. Uh, Apparently, the state claimed that this family, a.k.a. the Coxes, um, uh, kind of spurred their son's eating disorder and made it worse because they wouldn't use his preferred pronouns. Um, But to get the latest, really find out what's going on and where this case is headed, we are checking with Curtis Hill. He was Indiana's 43rd attorney general, and he's currently a Republican candidate to become Indiana's next governor. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Kayla. How are you? I'm well. Um, I got to be honest with you, Curtis. I think there are a lot of parents out there right now afraid of this story. It makes them shudder. It makes me shudder. And and to be honest, I was pretty surprised that this even happened here in Indiana. So I just wanted to ask you, has this case surprised you? Yeah, it's it's pretty shocking. And it shits in a chill of the spine of any parent uh, because we're we're talking about invading the, 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 the province of the home. Uh, which has always been a fear of an organization like DCS. Look, DCS, the Department of Child Services, is a very necessary part of protecting children and protecting families. One of the things that's uh, an important tenor of DCS is the reunification of the family. Mm -hmm. So this case flies in the face of all that we know about uh, Child Protective Services. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought the state did an investigation and determined any of these allegations of uh, abuse were unsubstantiated. So so why was their 15-year-old son still taken from their home? That's what's really crazy about the opinion, because if, 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 unless there is something peculiar that they're leaving out, uh, it makes no sense. If, if you had an abusive situation or a determination of abuse, that's one thing. But to clear the parents of abuse and then say, well, we're going to take them out because something that you're doing is exacerbating an eating disorder, and that's something that you're doing is being affected parents, telling the truth, speaking the truth, honoring your faith, that's uh, that's a scary proposition. Yeah, I don't even understand how legally you can keep a child away from their parents if there is no neglect or abuse. This one's just really been lost on me. Um, the Coxes have appealed to the Supreme Court. Any update in terms of the case actually heading to the Supreme Court? Uh, I'm not aware of, of what the current status is with the Supreme Court. I know that the case has, has really alarmed a lot of folks. I know that from my perspective, if this holds up and is not a one-off, uh, it, it represents a, a changing or shifting culture within the Department of Child Services that really needs to be addressed. Yeah, you and me both. Um, how would how would you anticipate seeing this thing played out, or how do you hope it gets played out? Well, I would anticipate it being played out with the child, well, ordinarily with the child being reunified, but uh, one of the concerns here is that the case is that the child is actually aged out of the process, so it becomes uh, more of an academic point uh, rather than what happens in this particular case. Um, and But it's important to finish it out because we need to make sure that parents are protected, families are protected, children are protected from this type of decision uh, that, uh, that goes against uh, ordinary parenting skills. Back to my initial statement, Curtis, uh, a lot of parents, I think, are afraid of this happening. And quite frankly, if it can happen in Indiana... Pfft, it can happen anywhere. So any advice? I mean, what can parents do? Well, that's a tough one because uh, in this particular case, if I were advising the Coxes, I would be advising them to do exactly what they did, which is, yeah. is uh, follow the, the, the lead of the Bible in terms of, of 
Uh, there's, they have a son. They refer to him as a son. They get him assistance for his confusion. Uh, this particular decision is suggesting that parents have some greater responsibility to engage in this gender-affirming uh, institution, which I think is absolutely absurd. So uh, we're really at, the, at, a, at a crossroads of determining uh, how deep our government is going to uh, dive in uh, with these left-wing policies. And it's, it's important that we push back and push back hard. Yeah, amen to that. Do we or, or have we heard anything from the current attorney general on this or from the from the off, from the office of the attorney general? Well, the uh, the attorney general's office is going to be in a bit of a spot uh, because the, the attorney general's office is the legal representative of the Department of Child Services. Right. Um, so from a from a political standpoint, uh, while the attorney general might have a, a differing opinion, uh, he's going to have an obligation to defend that uh, that office, and uh, uh, that that really makes it a very uncomfortable situation, I'm sure. If and when this case progresses, Curtis, can we call you back <laughs> to help me sort oh, through it all? I'm telling you, trying to been wrap. Yeah, I'm trying to wrap my brain around this one, and it's a tough one for me. So we'll definitely be in touch. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you, Kayla. Good morning. That is Curtis Hill. He was Indiana's 43rd attorney general. He's currently uh, a Republican candidate to become Indiana's next governor. Podcasts by Federated Media.